0: Welcome everyone, and today is going to be so good. We are here on the Relaunch Podcast, and I've got someone that I've been following for years and years, and I've admired her so much because of her ability to have successful relaunches. Even when she just, you know, it's like that song, you get knocked down, you get up again this woman has been able to, and not only be able to survive, thrive, but really impact not only our generation, but the generations that are coming after her. And that just says so much. Muriel Hemingway is considered an expert in health from both mental and physical. She's a longtime advocate of We're going to love this, everyone, personal power. And you know how I feel about that. She works in life balance, authenticity, joy, and finding peace of mind through a devoted practice of healthy living. And you know, joy, peace of mind. These are all part of my mantras too. So she's both a committed teacher and student, right? Does it ever actually end? I don't think so. In 2014, Mariel co-executive produced the Emmy nominated Running From Crazy, which I just had a chance to re-watch. And in that, she really, it, it, it premiered in the Sundance Film Festival, it documents her boundless advocacy for mental health awareness, the dignity and rights of people of all circumstances and ability, and her commitment. This is so important for connecting those of like mind and heart. Haha, ha. Y'all seeing this? Head, heart, higher self, 3HQ. She is living this. She is living this. In 2015, in alignment with National Mental Health Awareness Month, Regan Arts Publishing released two new books, including her memoir, Out Came the Sun, and a young adult targeted diary from Project About the Journey from Surviving to Thriving, entitled Invisible Girl. So today, she is a keynote speaker. She is all over she is putting herself out there being vulnerable allowing people to connect with her she has included i mean she's been included everywhere she's usa today la times chicago Tribune. i mean it just goes on and on but the reason i am so excited to have her here is to again take what she's doing and understand that there's literally hope There's hope for people in your family. You're going to hear about the struggles. You're going to hear about the suicides, her famous grandfather. You're going to hear about, more importantly, what she does, which is bring it home. Bring it home to you. Bring it home to me. You're listening to the Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, We'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Mariel, welcome. Welcome to the Relaunch Podcast. So great to have you.
1: Oh my gosh, that was the loveliest intro. Seriously, like, incredibly well. It was, you know, like I might have to it's take you. It.
0: That's the greatest part. I, it's all I, you. I
1: appreciate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. I mean, as you know, people working on themselves and sharing the work that they do on themselves to help others to expand and grow and become more of themselves is, has become, I mean, oddly enough, I never thought that would be the, what was most important in my life, but it's become the most important The thing most
0: important part. part.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do,
0: you, do you want to hear something super crazy yeah. that I actually just thought about as i was kind of tuning into this process of talking to you today and i know we've had we've had some misfires here <laughs> but we are here we are here today and i remember being in the audience you were speaking at an event called ladies that launch ladies that launch i think it was in san francisco i want to say that that's where i w- i was until about 2 years ago when i moved to boulder colorado and I remember you specifically, and there was something about, and there were a lot of different people speaking, and I really had not, like, I hadn't really been following you per se, but I heard you speak. And you know how there's just moments in time where you're like, wow. I need to understand more about this person's life. So I find it so ironic now that we're sitting here and we're talking about your life. And I remember that day and I kept thinking that woman's not asking the right questions. You're, she's, she's, you're, you're about to answer something and then she would scooch into it as something else. And I thought, no, we, someday I'm going to interview you and we're going to go there. And again, just so excited to have you here. And One of the things that we were talking about earlier, and there's so many different relaunches, so many different times where you've had to, you know, put on the big girl pants and say, you know what, this is not going to, it's not going to put me flat out on my back. It's not going to define me. Can you share with us, out of everything you've done, what do you think is the most impactful, impactful relaunch? That you've been through to date?
1: You know, I'm I'm not one of these people that ever has a total aha that changed the course of my life kind of moment. But because I'm a very slow learner, I think my life has been a process of like, oh, 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 oh. There are kind of all little ahas that lead to a bigger moment of clarity. About mm-hmm. who? So, um, there. One of the very, a very profound time was. You know, I spent a lot of my youth, or my younger years, as a woman, as a mother, as a teen, as a, I don't know, a, whatever, a, a person who made movies. Searching, 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 always searching. Somebody's gonna, gonna give me the solution. Somebody's gonna tell me what's, you know, what's wrong with me and they're going to fix me. Somebody else, right? Somebody out there, somebody in the outside.
0: Totally and it don't. wasn't
1: until, um, I mean, it was a long process and this isn't the, isn't the aha moment in a big way. And yet it'll, it'll sound like it was because it was a catalyst. I went and I met with his holiness, the Dalai Lama. And I know that there's a lot of controversy right now about Mm -hmm. men. I I don't know anything about that, but I do know that my experience with him was really profound. It was, it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it anyway, to make a long, a very long story short, he, he came um, and we were in india we were meeting with him and people were asking him you know political questions and things and really i was just sitting there listening and and kind of excited to be in the presence of Mm. of spiritual very spiritual man um and again i don't i make no judgment or know anything about what's going on now but i know that you know he's a profound a profound man anyway we're about to get up and it's over. And I've been listening to him and periodically he would look over and smile at me. And I would look back and kind of smile and giggle because I was nervous. And um, we were about to leave and he placed his hand on my hand and he looked me in the eye and he said, you're okay. (laughs) And I was like, holy crap, I am okay. Right. It was that moment. It was that. I guess it was was the beginning of a relaunch, right? It was a beginning Mm -hmm. of an understanding that I am okay. And then I realized over several years after that time that I'm okay applies to everybody. Everybody's okay, right? Everybody's not broken. Everybody's not their worst self. They just haven't found the way to get to their best self. It's like working with you and and this, you know, the H, what do you call it? Three
0: three HQ.
1: Three HQ. Yeah. Doing that, you find what already exists inside you. This is not new. It's not new to your soul, to your unconscious mind. It's just maybe new to your habitual daily life, right? And then you make it habitual, make it, you make it part of your everyday. You make it part of your blood, right? Right. So I realized that kind of part of my mission was to just go out there and say, hey, everybody, it's okay to get help, but you're already okay. You're already beautiful. You're already loved. You already have a great body. You've already got everything you think you're searching for is in you. Now let's help you find the way to get there. And that's kind of what I feel my journey has been about. I'm, I'm always like, how do I get to be a better version of myself? And that's my first book was called finding my balance. And, Mm -hmm. and um, that's kind of what I think about every day. I'm always finding my balance. Every day is a journey of, yeah. How do I feel?
0: So so when I think about, you know, and as you said, the three HQ, it's, you know, the head, heart, higher self. And I always look at higher self, that best version of you. And you yeah. think of it as you have this wise woman inside of you and she's trying to talk to you, mm-hmm. but we're not letting the, that, that we can't hear what she's having to say because we're so tuned out. And, you know, I love it. The Dalai Lama is saying to you, you know, you're okay. And for so many of us, we're searching for somebody to tell us you're Okay. But why is it in your in your mind, and your understanding, why is it so freaking hard to let yourself know that, you know what, you are okay exactly where you are doing exactly what you're doing?
1: You know, I think it's, you know, I think it's hard because we live in a society that demands that we're, we are performing all the time and we, and I think we are brought up, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a generation that defined themselves by how other people thought of you. I mean, especially I was in the movie industry and modeling, and it was always about what I look like. I, you know, I didn't approve of myself unless somebody like hordes of other people <laughs> approved of me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went, wow, I get me. I, I actually love me. I couldn't have said that 20 year, 25 years ago. It just—it couldn't have happened. It was too scary, right? It was too scary to say that. It, it felt wrong, and I was brought up to believe that that was almost like an arrogant way to be. And I was so scared I'd be arrogant, or you know, whatever it is. I think, I think trauma from our childhood prevents us from a- allowing ourselves to say, "Hey, I am okay, and mm-hmm. I am—I am the orchestrator of, of of my show." Right? I get to. I get to guide this ship, and i don't think we're given permission and I just want to tell everybody you've all got permission to live your best life,
0: right? everybody hear that right now Oama doesn 't have to say it. Nobody else needs to say it. We just heard it. Muriel says you are okay. you can live your best life, you can live what you're supposed to and you you said something really interesting about childhood. And we're pretty much, you know, you and I are, are, you know, very similar in our age and what we're trying to do and how we're trying to impact people. And I do think it is truly so valuable that when people hear this idea of like things happen in our childhood, right? you had childhood trauma that happened to you that you have been, you know, sorting through your whole life. I had a very, you know, successful orthopedic surgeon dad who was very much number one love was his profession. And so I was always searching for like, Hey, I'm over here. Like, you know, and I'll never forget. He said, um, he said probably about maybe when i was in my early 20s he said wow you were you know it, and god love my dad he just says it as he he hears it in his own head he said you were really an ugly duckling and now you've really you've you've kind of turned into this swan and i'm like uh yeah thanks You know, and I remember this because my brother and I just got together and I said, you know, he was kind of commenting about, you know, the non-existent parent and how he's really trying to do the opposite of that and how I really took my kids. And I thought that was really insightful, what I remembered about my childhood and how I was just yearning. I just wanted approval. And I know you had childhood trauma I know that your mom ended up uh, getting very ill and you, you said in interviews and I did, you know, I I watched that running from crazy and how you said, you know, you spent most of those formative years as a caregiver. So what, what are you like when you think about that time? And you also said in the, uh, in that wonderful documentary, you talk about that you even looked at your kids outside playing and you were almost jealous of that free spirit that they had. Help us understand how you have been able to deal with some of those those traumas that are very impactful, and it still allowed yourself to have relaunches and have generational relaunches with your kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it, it that was it was that was a turning point. That was probably a a, a big turning point in my life. Is that. I think not so much when I was seeing it, but when I realized that that's how I'd felt, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling jealous of your toddlers or your three or four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kids who were out there giggling and playing. And I didn't know how to do that. I hadn't done that as a kid really that often mm-hmm. um, because I felt, and, and this is not, oh, poor Mary. None of that. This was my family. I love them. So I decided that I was going to fix them at seven years old. I made this choice. I'm going to be the fixer. I'll like (laughs) clean up messes of drunken nights and broken glass and blood on the walls. I'll fix it. I'll clean it up and then we'll have, we have a chance to be better, healthier and happier. But what it did is, you know, and I'm sure there's so many of your, of your people in your tribe who will relate to this, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing where you, your childhood kind of gets, it gets, you know, stopped in a way you become an adult far too soon. And, you know, I just had a grandchild like literally a month ago.
0: Congratulations. (laughs) I know it's super cool. Uh,
1: And, and I think about how, you know, how, and I keep sending my daughter things about just play, just have fun. you know, like I want her to know, you know, I mean, she knows, she knows that there were times in her childhood where I was trying to organize things and make things right and perfect and this and that and the food. And, you know, when I had two daughters, each one got four grapes and, you know, so there was no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was like, I wasn't when it came down to like, go outside and just hang out and play and play on the swing. I was looking at my watch wondering like, how much longer is this? Not because I didn't love them. And because I didn't enjoy their joy. I didn't know how to partake in that. I didn't know how to participate. It was so sad. So cut to, I have a wonderful life partner, Bobby, and we've been together now like 14 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first like when we were first going, I, I think we'd been going out maybe two, maybe three months. And one day he's like, let's play hide and seek. And I was like, huh? <laughs>
0: That's and, so great.
1: And, and and I also have to say that we were, he he was naked at the time. <laughs> and I was, and I was, first of all, insanely embarrassed. I was like so I think I, my entire body went like red and, and he was like, "Yeah, we're, we're I was like, oh. you know, like it just felt like I had no control over how I was going to look in awkward position. <laughs> like, it was just all good okay. for him. He was amazing. I, I was mean,
0: like, that I is-
1: really is- he goes, Oh yeah, you can. So off he went and he hid. Right. And I'm trying to, I'm like, you know, like I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Oh my God, this is cool. Oh,
0: God, that's so good.
1: Literally taught me how to play. Mm. You know, and now we play red light, green light. You know, we do things on the beach. We laugh every day. We have a belly laugh that is so, you know, you'd think that we were certainly not 60 years old, right? I'm 61. <laughs> you would not think that. We laugh all the time. We're always, if we go to a restaurant, you know, people, the, People, proprietors will often come over and go, can you keep it down? And we'll keep together, just the two of us. And like, we're playing games. It's crazy. But that play, that play that I didn't, in other words, that saying that you're never too old to, to to relive your childhood or whatever it is, it's true. You get this is just a choice. We just decided we're adults. We've just decided that we we're getting towards senior citizenship. Well, I don't even know what that means. Like like, that's not going to happen in our lives. I I mean, when we're 105, it's just never going to happen because, because we've made the choice that Mm -hmm. life is all about. You're never, you never stop growing. So Getting back to your original question about relaunch, I honestly feel like this is the beginning of my life. Our lives are oh, so beautiful.
0: I just got chills for you. It's, it's so it's good amazing. because too many people are so serious that they can't laugh at themselves. They can't laugh in situations. I mean, you know, when I start working with people and I can very quickly give them like a one to 10 on the serious meter right? That 10 is like, whoa. And the <laughs> first, th- first thing I ask them to do, I'll be like, okay, belly laugh. When was the last time you actually had a belly laugh? And people, you know, I go from there and they're like, well, I, don't know, I haven't really had a belly laugh in a while. I'll be like, Are, when be- was the last time you just laughed. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we need to start back at the basics. Like, let's just go back in time. And I really like the idea of, you said, Bobby, Bobby brings that out. My husband E, he does the same for me. When my mom passed, I felt like um, my my other half, my laughing, my my joy, my the fun element. We had more belly laughs together than I've had with anyone else ever. And so I said to my husband, I said, you know, you just don't, you're not, you don't, you don't enjoy life as much as my mom. And he said, oh, really? Is that a challenge? Because I'm going to take you there. And since then, I mean, it's been like you challenge someone to enjoy life more. You challenge them like, where's your belly laugh? Like, you know, um, Matthew McConaughey says you got to exercise every single day, right? You got to have a sweat. I say you got to have a laugh. You got to laugh. It's the best therapy. And I know you're you're all about mental wellness and... God, how important do you think that is? And and why do you think we've become so freaking serious?
1: Well, you know, we do live in a world that wants you to believe that it's all like, you know, tomorrow it's all going to be over and, you know, this and that, and, you know, like cover yourself up because God knows what's happening. And for me, it's just like, no, I- I'm not going to, and that's not a, that's not saying i it's not political it's not a belief it's just like I refuse to allow the outside society or or maybe it's even corporate society to determine how I'm going to lead my life and and for me leading my life is just it is about you know laughter every day I mean I believe Matthew McConaughey, uh, you know, I think you do have to exercise every day, but why shouldn't you move and laugh while you're doing it too? Like, why shouldn't it all kind of work in harmony? Our food works with our movement, our, you know, water, you know, watching the sunrise, but laughter is always, is kind of an underlying, gosh, it's, it almost should be like drinking water and like, eating good food. It should be one of those things that you just that are required for your good health.
0: You know, it's like, I had, I had a retreat once and I, I said, we're going to do literally what some call laugh therapy. I said, I'm going to point it to this gal. I said, you're going to start, you're going to laugh. She's like, Oh no, 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 I'll go. Can I go? Can I go like fifth? I'm like, no, you can't. You have to go first. And I said, and you don't stop laughing. Until literally I had this thing in my hand until I put it down. And then you're going to look at somebody and then that person's going to laugh. And then the next, I am telling you, you've never seen so many women. Like I, I, you know, people are like, I can't keep laughing this way because, you know, I'm too old for this right now. I've had kids. I've had, you know, I'm like, we were all, we just started laughing at the silliest things. And it was such like afterwards, people are like, I've never felt so free. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's, you know, fine. You know, when you
1: look at a child, it's the same thing. It's that, it's that, it's that freedom, Mm -hmm. right? I I saw a Titnut Han quote yesterday and it's like, you should love someone so much that they feel free from your love, right? It's their love frees
0: you. Right you should feel freedom. And that's so good. I,
1: I just really ruined that quote. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the point is, is that, you know, when we talk about, we talk about this and it's like, find, find what makes you smile and laugh. Like, God, maybe that's the full, like finding your purpose in life, finding your passion. My mm-hmm. God. And
1: I think that, I, I mean, I think that that's what happens when you're doing what you love Laughter comes very easily, smiles come very easy, joy bubbles up because you're actually in that place where you're supposed to be. And joy and laughter and fun and play, all of that is really in tune with how we're how we're meant to be. I really mm-hmm. believe we come into onto the planet. I mean, seeing this granddaughter and the purity and the and the and the innocence and the freedom of this being who is who is yet to be. Influenced by society, told she can't do this or that or the other thing. We're all we all came in the same way, right? We came in pure and full of love and and no expectation of anything but to be loved in return, right? We love, we love in return. And I think getting if if our intention is to get back to that pure, the purest place in ourselves. Oh my gosh!
0: What Mm. I mean
1: that's, that's it that is healing in itself. That's powerful too.
0: It's so powerful. When
1: you're, when you're there, what can't you do? If you're feeling joy about something you can't, you know, it's not like, oh, you feel fear and serious about it. Cause when you're serious, it's like things get hard when you're joyful, things are softer. And so the fluidity of that moves into your ability to do things. You mm. ask you to do something that you might not have thought of, but if you're feeling joy, you go, "Yeah, I'll give that a try." It doesn't seem because you're not in that holding place, that fearful place, that place mm. of, oh, "I don't want to do," you know, whatever nonsense we tell ourselves. You know, you know course, I've had some, you know, memories. Yeah, voices in the back of my head that were not kind you know over the
0: years. well and and when we think about in your your story with you know i think you describe it as you know there's seven suicides in your past and you had a very famous grandfather Ernest Hemingway and he passed um took his life a few months before you were born and yet you have been able to rewrite your childhood right you've been able to go back and Explain how you have done that. How have you come to terms? I've had a couple suicides in our life. We've had massively like crazy. I mean, even like train crash, plane crash, elevator crash. Like people are just like, I'm like, this is, I, I know I'm like queen of the relaunches, but enough is enough. Like, I, you know, come on, we got to like, you know, time out, time out here. But what about you? What, what has allowed you to go back now? As as you said, you know your early sixties and you're you're trying to create your your childhood again as an adult woman and be able to reconcile what happened. How have you been able to do that?
1: Well, you know, I think that it, it's through not doing it for so many years and seeing the contrast of that. Right. Mm. I, for so many years, I was so afraid I would end up like my family, like, Oh my gosh, this must be like a virus. I wonder when I'll catch it is, you know, one day I'm going to wake up and I'm crazy and my kids won't know who I am because I'm acting like whatever, whatever, right. Fear in the background, whatever fear that I had. I mean, there were seven suicides in my family. Mm. they, you know, grand, not only my grandfather, but his father, my grandmother's father, a great uncle, a great aunt, uh, an uncle and my own sister. Right. So all these suicides, all this mental illness. So I kept thinking, Oh man, I am walking. I gotta be careful. These, this is a, I, I live in a minefield and I've got to just walk gently and carefully.
0: Well, and your family was so famous that you were almost saying it's like the Kennedy curse, like, Oh, Yeah, no, who's next? Like that whole weighing so heavy on you.
1: Well, what I did is I really I dug into what my history and my story was. Like what where do I come from? It's why I did the documentary. Ernest Hemingway, this person, that person, my sister, all these people. And I started to see the links to alcohol. Right, alcoholism. That people drank too much. They did drugs. They did things because they were trying to get out of pain. I completely understand that. And then I realized, well, wait a second. I don't. I don't do any of that. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I, you know, like Bobby says, I drink coffee, and that's really horrible. I said, dude, I do one thing. And yes, it's on. give me a break.
0: Can I just do one? All right. I, yes. No. I'm. Hey, you're okay. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> here's the
1: good news. He can say that's bad. And I'm like, whatever, you know, like I know, I also know how I work. I know the food that I eat that creates balance. I mean, every aspect of my life is is designed to keep me in a place where, you know, because I've suffered depression. I know what it's like to be in, in the dark night of the soul. I know what that feels like. and. Not everybody's going to have my solution, but I know what my solution is, right? And I want everybody to find their solution, but it's up to you. And the first part of that journey is taking responsibility for it, taking responsibility for your own life and everything that has gone wacko in your life. You probably have some, something that you need to take responsibility for in making it so right? Things don't happen to you. They happen because somehow in an unconscious part of your brain, it was allowed. And, it, and and that's not a, that's not a shaming. That's just the way that we are as human beings. We, you know, we do things to survive, but sometimes those survival skills are, you know, we victimize ourselves, we become martyr, whatever it is that those are, I'm obviously talking about myself. <laughs>
0: But totally got that so let me what? let let me ask you this question. if you were me right now and I was trying to get at like what where do you feel like you've been misunderstood? what would be the question that I would be asking you I, you know
1: that's so funny that you say that because i I'm sure, <laughs> I am sure I'm highly misunderstood at some level. I don't know. But there was a time in my life where being misunderstood would have, obs- I would have been obsessed with that. I would have been frightened of it, obsessed. I wanted everybody to like me. I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not kind of, I, I don't still want people to, I mean, every, I think every human wants to be liked, but I less worry about that. So I don't, I don't really care if I'm misunderstood at some level. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, I'm 61. If you don't understand me, then you don't have to spend time with me. Um, I, my life's in, intention is to be really good at what I do and, and have it benefit the world but not from an ego. T- I don't think from an e- egotistical place unless I'm fooling myself. I, I really do believe that, uh, that, I'm, that, that part of my mission is just to help people to know that they're okay, right? And that they're fine and that they, they have every ability to be in balance, to be in joy the way that I am. Because there was a time in my life that I never thought that that was for me. Right, and that wasn't me feeling sorry for myself. I actually thought that people were lying to you that were happy. I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. People aren't
0: really that happy, they're not. Well, you know, I, I heard you say that one of the greatest things that ever happened was the night or day before your mom passed. She said, "You're a really good mom." that was that really was- super impactful. Yeah, was- validation.
1: Yeah, it was because, you know, my girl, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who just had a baby, 35. So it was 35 years ago that, you know, she, my daughter was eight months old and my mother was a tough cookie. She was not an easy. I loved her to the moon and back. And she was, she was not easy and she was very hard to please. And she was grumpy most of the time. She suffered so much of her life. You know, she had cancer and all that stuff. You know, and her story is what it is, and she wasn't of a generation that's going to look into their stuff and figure it out and kind of come to terms with it but the but she did say that before she died, and there's something about there's something about death and rebirth, you know it was that kind of exchange, and it was very interesting because my daughter um at went right after she died for every morning at the very time that my mother had passed, she would wake up and she would cry for a little bit. Hmm. It was exactly the same time for like 10 days. And it was like my mother kind of saying that she was there and, you know, she, I don't know, maybe, you know, whatever. But there's been this amazing understanding and, and, and it's a forgiveness that happens in you you know, my mother did her best. My father did his best. You know, they they didn't have the tools that we have. You know, we we are so fortunate to live in the time that we do. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, there's a lot of crap. But there's also people like you helping people to get to their best selves. You know, there's so many great things out there. We have the opportunity to, like, really expand into this new world we're coming into and Guy only knows what that's going to look like. I mean, my gosh.
0: So true.
1: Got on the Zoom with you today.
0: <laughs> well, listen, I know that, I mean, this has gone so fast. And there are probably 24 more questions, 24, it's like I said, 24, 24 more questions on my list. But at this point, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here on the Relaunch Podcast. And as we're wrapping it up. What, what words of advice as a woman sitting out there listening right now, would you share to get them with their own relaunches? And many are having very, very significant ones. What would you, what would you say to them?
1: I guess I would just say, don't lose faith in your, in, in yourself. And know that the messages that your intuition are giving you are really right on for you, right? And really trust that your voice knows what's right for you. I would say that.
0: Oh, no doubt. Your voice knows what's right for you. So good. Thank you again. It was so wonderful having you here. Where can people find out more, follow you? What's going on with you right now?
1: Well, my goodness, um, we, I, I had pretty much newly launched a podcast of my own called Outcomes the Sun, Outcomes the Sun podcast, which is like the name of my book, which is Out Came the Sun. Mm. Uh, that's wonderful. We're also on radio stations. We're kind of being syndicated on radio stations around the world, which is super exciting because get this, like I've been an actress my whole life and I've always wanted to be, a. don't know why. Anyway, that's my dream. It's my dream coming true. You can also see me on, uh, you know, at Mariel Hemingway Instagram, uh, Mariel Hemingway official fan page. And also I have a foundation for mental health called the Mariel Hemingway foundation.org. And if you have any interest in helping me create a resource navigator so that people can find the help that they need, whether it's holistic or psychiatric or, you know, medicinal, whatever it is, I want to be able to direct people around this country to the right facilities. You know, it's not about me. It's about me helping you to find what you need.
0: So powerful. Thank you again. And then for everyone listening out there, if you're finding what we're talking about, it's resonating. You want to hear more of relaunch journeys, make sure that you subscribe. And also if you're trying to figure out where are you operating from, in that 3HQ model, the head, the heart, the higher self, head on over to the relaunch.com. Take the quiz. It's a great starting point. Are you listening to the voices inside that are trying to guide you, that are trying to help you in this journey? So again, we look forward to the next time we're all together. Again, Mariel, mm, you're okay. This is so awesome. Thank you again for being here and we'll see everyone again next time. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review. And share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.